Hey everybody, and welcome back to another Pink Bike Podcast. I'm Mike Levy, and there's only one other person on today's show, but I'm pretty sure that you'll all be stoked to hear that it's Alicia Leggett. Alicia, first things first, how are you doing today? Hi, Mike. Good to be good to be here. Good to see you. All of that. I'm doing okay. It's a hard question for me to answer these days, just because I'm doing both really well and pretty badly, depending on how you look at it. My recovery is going okay. For those who missed it i had a pretty big bike crash in the fall and hit my head pretty hard hard enough to put me in a coma hard enough that i wasn't expected to live but now i am kind of back um, you're back yeah i'm recovering just kind of taking small steps in what i think is the right direction and it's really good to be feeling mostly back to what i consider normal yeah yeah we're going to get into recovery stuff and, and all that and how you're doing today. Uh, I think I just speak for everybody that's listening, though. We're fucking stoked. Oh, man. I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to be back. Um, every bit of involvement just feels so good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, like Alicia said, for those that don't know, she had a massive crash. That was in September. September 30th. You had a pretty bad traumatic brain injury. I feel like mm -hmm. calling it a concussion doesn't do it justice. No, I think it's also not accurate because concussion is just like a bump. Whereas this was like a lot of bleeding and a lot of chaos. So today we're going to talk to Alicia about her crash, her injury, the ongoing recovery. We're probably going to get a little deep on this one. We're going to talk about some head injuries and like, I don't know, that could feel pretty deep sometimes, especially right now. So feels pretty deep to me at this moment. Yeah, no doubt. Exactly. <laughs> so I was thinking, Alicia, that we would do this chronologically. Yeah. Um, so we would start off middle of September. Mm -hmm. We were in Whistler for the field test. We were. Trail bikes. It was me, you, Kaz. Matt Beer was there riding downhill bikes. Yeah. Max was there filming. We had Satchel there. Um, can I ask, what do you remember from that? Yeah, so I don't remember 100%. Um, I mean, even at baseline, I wouldn't remember 100%, but I think my brain's being a little bit self-protective in just trying to figure out how to make me not remember the painful parts of my experience. And so it's cut out, turns out a lot from the last year. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I do remember being in Whistler and riding with you guys. I remember being a little bit exhausted and just feeling like I needed a break. I definitely didn't need this type of break, but I could have used just a little bit of time off the bike and a little bit of rest maybe not the five months of rest I've now had but yeah I remember being excited and I mean field tests are one of my favorite things in the world and so it was just great to be in Whistler and have license to ride with you guys every single day and have my job be to just have opinions about the bikes that I'm riding yeah it's I mean, for those that don't know, we'll break down the field test a little bit. We basically just like all hang out together in a house yeah. and ride bikes. And I adore all you guys. So <laughs> yeah. that and helps. Yeah. And it's great fun. And like we all get along so well that it's like mm -hmm. it's a lot. Those things are a lot of work. And mm -hmm. I, I remember you being tired. I remember all of oh, us yeah. just being like, I mean, September, it's the end of it's the end of a lot. Yeah. I was exhausted. Yeah. But I was happy to be where I was and you know, felt like I could just keep doing that for a while. And yeah. the field test was a really great end to the season or would have been if I'd done the whole field test. 
we had amazing. I don't know if you remember Alicia, but the weather was amazing. Oh yeah, it was nice and dusty. We were having a lot of fun riding. We was... did that silly ride where Kaz took us on a lot of skinnies. Oh, Dad took us <laughs> out on that fucking skinny ride, and he rode. Do you remember Kaz riding like almost every, every skinny. single skinny, and yes. we just like walked our bikes around everything? Yeah, I mean the trail also just went past most of them because you didn't have to ride every skinny. Yeah. So we rode what seemed like the normal trail. And Kaz was just in heaven in his Up little in skinny air. world. Yeah, Kaz. It was awesome. Was, yeah. Um, so at Field Test, we were there for a couple weeks, and the weekend came, and there was a jump jam mm -hmm. in Bellingham. Yeah. And uh, you went home. I went home for the weekend, too. I went back to Squamish. You came back to Bellingham. I think Kazimer came back to Bellingham as well, too. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about where you were going and what you are up to? Yeah, so the Hang Time Jump Jam is an event put on by Hannah Bergman in Bellingham on what's called the Blue Steel Jumps, which are pretty big. They're on Galbraith Mountain. They're bigger than pretty big. They're very big. Yeah. In I don't know exactly the statistics, but they're bigger than any other public jump line that I know of. 150 feet gap. Okay. Not actually. <laughs> okay, well. It looks that way, though. <laughs> I mean, I believed you for half a second there. Yeah, okay. They are pretty big, and... It's pretty amazing. It's a women's jumps event. So Hannah invites a bunch of top freerider women to come hit these big jumps. And it's just a cool media event. I was really honored to be invited. Just the fact that I got to participate felt so cool. Um, I was really excited to be part of something that I consider such a big part of what mountain biking is doing right now. And I mean, it's, it's a pretty painful memory that I really messed up that opportunity. But at the same time, just the fact that I got to be part of it in the first place is really amazing. Mm -hmm. We Before you left for the Jump Jam, we were talking a bit about it. And you were you were equal parts, uh, very much looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. But also, there, I remember there was definitely like a bit of like, those are, those are some big jumps. Like you weren't mm -hmm. joking around about this. It was serious. Yeah, those that are, sounds right. Jumps. I yeah. hit the first couple jumps before, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. And so I saw it as a good opportunity to just work through all of them with a really supportive group of people. And I mean, it seemed like kind of the best possible time to check off this big goal of mine. Yeah. That sort of situation where you're there with a bunch of people that like professional riders oh, yeah. that hit those jumps all the time and mm -hmm. you would hit the jumps leading up to it. Like it's, it's that sort of situation where you progress, you know, the old cliche, yes. like you were feeding off each other. <laughs> it really felt like the best possible situation where I could have progressed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it didn't, though. No. Unfortunately. And I can say now it's, you know, pretty certain that I just will never hit the Blue Steel jump line. Yeah. Do you remember anything of the crash? No, not at all. That's probably a good thing. Oh, yeah. I remember a little bit of the event. Um, I remember sessioning the first few jumps the morning that I crashed. And then we left for... I don't know. I don't remember what I did midday, but I left the event for a little while to do some errands, I think. And then came back. We were hitting an airbag um, kind of early afternoon. And then we went back up to the jumps. Mm -hmm. And so the last thing I remember is when we decided to leave the airbag feature and go back to the jumps. So we were like starting to make moves back onto the hill. But I don't actually remember getting to the jumps or riding them or crashing there. Yeah. I was... I remember I was sitting outside in the backyard with my dogs. Of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. 
a natural place for leaving <laughs> where i am all the time i think i had a monster <laughs> in one hand <laughs> um but i saw my my phone beeped and i looked over and it was casimir texted me casimir and i were like you know like we've known each other for a long time but like we don't talk all the time <laughs> you Fair. Know? yeah he doesn't call me every night he doesn't text me all the time I, oh I, bummer i wish he would i know but i he, wish you guys would so i can get in on the call right but he texted me and I looked over and I didn't open it. And I just saw the text message. It said Mike Kazer on my phone. And I fucking knew something was bad. Oh, no. It's crazy, though. Like, I swear to God, I knew something was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he said that you had been in a big bike crash and you're in the hospital. But we didn't really know mm-hmm. much at that yeah. point. I mean, that makes sense. No one knew anything for a while. Yeah. Um, it sounds like they got me off the hill. But I was, I mean, I was unconscious pretty much from the beginning and in a coma for the first while and not expected to live for a while. Literally not um, expected to live. Yeah, like they brought in the priest to perform the last rites, which is a kind of crazy thing that I've since heard. For one thing, I'm not religious, so who knows why there was a priest there. Yeah. Um, but I know they had bigger problems to solve at that point. And then, you know, for whatever reason, I lived and I don't want to jump forward. I, kept going. Yeah. I don't want to jump forward too much, but... Mm-hmm. When that happens, like, obviously you weren't aware of it at the time. The sure. The priest was standing over you, giving you last rites. Of course. But, like, looking back, and you know that happened, that has to change. I, I imagine that would change, like, some perspective moving forward, you know? like. Yeah, I'm pretty curious to see how that plays out. Yeah. Just because, for me, it feels almost like I just took a little nap and it's not September anymore. Whereas... I hear Does things fucking feel like that for <laughs> us. <laughs> I know I hear from everyone else and even like I mean my family has been around both parents um came and were at the hospital and they had to have those conversations with the doctors who didn't think I was going to live and yeah it sounds like it was really exhausting for everyone else meanwhile I was just taking a long nap you were just chilling I know <laughs> you had the easiest girl at all <laughs> not really every, I'm not being serious it, but you know hasn't been very fun or very easy but Compared to a lot of other people's experiences, it's been maybe mildly fun and mildly easy. Yeah. Yeah. What is your first memory? First of all, actually, how mm-hmm. long were you unconscious for in the hospital? And was that a induced coma? No. Um, just an automatic one. Oh, Jesus. Um, I'm not 100% clear on the timeline, but I think what I was told is I woke up once after, I think, four days and just said something like, holy fuck, I got it at got to get out of here um and like briefly like sat up and said i need to leave and then went back to a coma um for i think about 11 days um 11 days total so including the first few days Mm -hmm. and that was here Um, in bellingham yeah that was here in bellingham i was in the icu when i i think i woke up a couple times intermittently Mm -hmm. toward the end of that too just to do similar things like say i needed to get out of the hospital were you tied down at all I don't think so. Well, I also, I couldn't walk. Like, Oh, then I've fair enough. <laughs> since like seen videos of myself, just like very unable to walk. Just shuffling down the hallway. Yeah. I had a walker in some of these videos. I was just like falling over onto it. Like, Oh, just my, my coordination's taking a little while to come back. Yeah. It's mostly back now for anyone wondering, but yeah, yeah I mean, I just couldn't, couldn't do very much. And, um, it's interesting. Apparently, when I first woke up, I said I needed to get out of the hospital. And then I forgot I was in the hospital because that was a big measure of how well I was doing, whether I knew where I was, um, kind of 
later on once I was more awake and they could ask me questions. And yeah, I just, it sounded like a lot of my ideas of what was going on were pretty nonsensical, like kayaking the islands or <laughs> things that, that like now that you're out. Yeah. Things that I maybe hypothetically would do in my life, but that I definitely wasn't doing in the hospital. And I hear about when people have asked me about the weekend and like, hey, what did you do last weekend? I would make up just ridiculous things like, oh, I had this epic backcountry ski day that seemed very in line with my life, but definitely not in line with my hospital experience. It was interesting that you you mentioned something there. You, you told me this earlier, too, that they wanted to make sure that your memory, it sounds like that your memory was like coming back before they moved you out of ICU? Yeah, so after I was in the hospital in Bellingham, I moved to a place in Denver that specializes in brain injuries. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the requirement for going there was just a certain level of being oriented. Um, and so I needed to know where I was. And it sounds like it took me a while to figure out where I was. It sounds like I was actually really grateful. Like I just thought people were being really nice to me for yeah. no reason. Um, <laughs> So they I were definitely comments. being nice to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's continued. People are still being nice to me. But yeah. it took me a while to figure out that, like, oh, it's this person's job because she's a nurse and I'm in the hospital. Yeah. You said you had told me when you were there that it was good for some perspective. Because, like, you obviously had a crazy serious crash. And, like, mm -hmm. I mean, you had a priest over you. Like, your parents had to think about things. Like, it totally. serious. But at yeah. the same time, when you went to that rehab facility, mm -hmm. you saw other people that were dealing with some crazy shit eh oh yeah you mean the the one in denver yeah yeah it was interesting because i was the only person that i know of who was there from a bike crash most people were there from things like walking on the sidewalk and being hit by a car and so it was it kind of put into perspective just how unpredictable most of our lives are and how little we can actually kind of control what happens to us I mean, we can to some extent, we can increase or decrease our risk, but I wasn't there just because I mountain biked. Like I see many more mountain bikers on the trails than in the hospital. Yeah. And turns out I saw many more pedestrians in the hospital than mountain bikers. Yeah. I guess I met one mountain biker when I was there. It seems, I mean, I think it's pretty freaking unfair that you got hurt, but like just walking down the road, minding your own business and getting run over and ending up with a traumatic brain injury. Seems oh, that's like, so crazy. Like, Talk about unfair. I know. I think that has really um, impacted how I process this too. Because my processing has been, I think, kind of reasonable. Like I I see it as I was doing this thing that I was really lucky to do. And I'm pretty lucky with the position I was in, in the sport in a lot of ways. And I had an unlucky day. I had a bad crash. And, you know, that happens sometimes from half a second of just doing the wrong thing and that's pretty easy to make sense of it's like yeah I mean I was doing the thing I love and I got unlucky whereas like for some people they were doing what seems pretty consistently safe yeah you were you you I put yourself in a sort of semi-dangerous situation on the yeah. old blue steel I mean I was riding line. the blue steel jumps yeah which are no joke there are reasons I've never hit them before or never hit the full line um and so my accident was semi-predictable, whereas some people's, I mean, some people also, like, car crashes. We get in cars almost every day. 
we walk down the street almost every day. It's so wild. It must be so hard for people to process things that just seem that out of the blue. Like a sudden left turn. Yeah, seriously. Right. Um, I want to. We're going to come back to that, but I want to ask you about your helmet as well yeah. too. Uh, yeah. Did you see it after your crash? Have you yeah, seen a photo of actually, it? Actually, I found it in my storage unit recently. Oh, nice. It's pretty beat up. Is it broken? Not cracked in any visible way. There's no more visor. Um, it looks like it has pretty bad road rash on multiple sides. Like I didn't just scrape one side of it. You have to be going pretty quick to clear those things. Like yeah. it's a high speed. Oh yeah. Kind it of was jump. really fast. Yeah. 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 Do you, it doesn't matter what happened, but do you have any idea what went wrong? Have you heard anything? Not really. I've talked to, I think two people now who saw it yeah. and yeah, it sounds like I just got a little wonky. Someone mentioned it might have been windy. Yeah. Um, I know some people were not riding it because they thought it was too windy. I can't get a clear answer on whether I undershot it or overshot it or medium shot it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, no clearance on that. I heard I maybe got bucked a little weirdly. I actually saw a photo series of myself taking off until I was in the air, like in the middle. Of that very jump? Of that jump. So up what until did that like make you feel like when you saw that? Nothing in particular. I think a little frustrated because I looked very normal. Yeah. It looked like just a person hitting a jump in the air. I didn't look very stylish. I was kind of just like dead sailoring through the air. As you do over a giant jump, like you're just trying sure. to get across these things right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It seemed very reasonable. And so I wish I knew more about what happened, but I just really don't. I'd like to talk to someone who does know. So if you listen to this and know what happened, hit me up. Don't tell me, though. I don't want to know. <laughs> no video, no photos. Fair enough. <laughs> you were hauling ass in Whistler before we went there. Oh, good. Like, we were riding a bunch of shit and like, uh -huh. I, I just like, we all, we do this sport all the time. We go riding and, and it's all of a sudden, like, I know there were big jumps, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like the sa similar thing could happen down a trail. You know, it's just, oh, yeah. it's crazy how quick this shit happens. Yeah. It is frustrating because I know probably nine times out of 10, I could have hit those jumps just fine. Yeah. Not that I tried them 10 times at all, but. I know Maybe my you did. ability you just is don't there. You, Maybe you clean them and you just don't remember. There's a real <laughs> okay, chance of that, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't think so, based on what others have told me. But yeah, like, okay. yeah. Who knows? Maybe. All right. I'm pretty sure I had the ability. I'm pretty sure I just like, at one point, got a little wonky and it wasn't quite right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just not gonna get the chance to get redemption. Yeah. Mostly just because now I really can't get re-injured. Like, I just can't hit my head again. The risk of getting another head injury is, turns out, even worse than this it one. It is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I have to change my relationship with mountain biking a bit. So the jump that you crashed on, mm -hmm. you said you felt like you might have got like a little wonky or someone said you might got a little wonky. The problem yeah. is, is like, if that had been a 20 foot jump or a 30 foot jump, like oh, it, it might have been, been right. fine. Just totally fine, yeah. You know, it might have been like, oh, a dead sailor, you know, what, or whatever, yeah. but like it's not fine. stylish, but fine. Yeah, you, you made it, but like when you're in the air for that long, mm -hmm. things have way more time to go bad. Yeah. Oh, I think I heard I went over the front of the bike. Holy shit. Um, which, A, oh, makes sense door. with the head injury. Yeah. Um, But yeah, somehow I got a little unbalanced. I still don't have a good answer for what happened, but... Yeah, you don't need one. Yeah. I mean... I just... 
things for like whatever that. reason didn't roll out smoothly. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's go back to rehab. How long were you in the rehab place for? Um, the first one I think about three weeks. The second one about six weeks. And then I went to a spot in Portland that was outpatient intensive rehab. It was like eight hours a day of kind of the same thing, but like I ended up going back to Bellingham a little bit early just because I felt like actually the most therapeutic thing for me is to just live my life. A lot of the rehab stuff was practicing living my life. Um, Yeah, so a total of like two and a half months, three months, something like that. How frustrating frustrating. is that? Oh, very. Yeah. I think it's hard to have a general idea of my capabilities, Mm -hmm. both in mountain biking and in life, and then go through something I just don't remember at all and then have everything be lower after that. Yeah. 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 It's like you are, you are a high functioning person. At At least used to be. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get back there. But like, especially for somebody like you, like for me, you know, I feel like I could lose half my brain and like nobody might (laughs) notice, you know, but like you, 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 I mean, you do, you did a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit about this before, but I mean, part of the recovery is being okay with not doing, mm-hmm. which is not easy which for... Which is really hard. Yeah. How has that been? It's been hard. It's been interesting to try to figure out where my limits are, just because most of life feels very normal. Like, I'm back driving again now. I mostly don't drive at night just because, like, I'm pretty sure I can and just be fine, but I'd like to err on the safe side with that one. And almost everything else feels really normal, too. Um, like I grocery shop, I cook myself food. I no walker, no walker. Okay, I've gotten I, rid I of that one now, no thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> I am dog sitting right now. So I take the dogs on walks a lot. I yeah. go running every day. That's a new thing that I do. Yeah. Not every day to be exact, but almost every day. It's, I play guitar almost every day. Super important to like be doing the things, right? Yeah. Active I mean, and doing the things. I try to just do things that make my brain work in ways that it's not used to because I mean, I think the worst thing for me would just be to like sit and stare at the wall and not do anything. I mean, I think I wouldn't be able to for one, for one thing, but yeah, I just want to challenge my brain in new ways. So it has to keep forming new connections and keep doing the thing it has to do to recover. Yeah. The brain is a crazy thing, eh? Like how it it, really is, how it recovers and figures things out. Mm -hmm. And I imagine you've learned about that. I've learned a lot about it. I still don't have all the answers, but it's been interesting to try to think about just how the brain really tries to problem solve in ways that I don't think any other body part does. Like if you break your arm, if the bones are positioned properly, it'll heal. If they're not positioned properly, it might not heal right. But there's like one way that it can do that. Whereas the brain, it seems like if it's trying to do something, it'll try numerous ways to try to figure out the most efficient way to do what it's trying to do and kind of optimize its function different paths yeah and that's been really cool to i mean trust that my brain's gonna figure out some pieces of this i wish the rest of my body would do that i know (laughs) seriously (laughs) i wish my finger would i know so yeah alicia's finger (laughs) she's got a really cool pinky finger now everybody (laughs) we'll call it the hook (laughs) um yes i i yeah (laughs) How are you, how is the rest of you? Like, aside from the head, yeah, you've got a finger injury, yeah. what, else, what else hurt? So, 
I broke and dislocated my finger pretty badly. I heard it was like just barely hanging on, according to someone. And They almost amputated um, it? <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but it seemed like pretty disfigured. And then I broke my wrist in a pretty normal way. Um, wrist has healed fine. It still hurts a little bit, but I, I use it again. I recently joined the climbing gym again, so I, I climb up and then I climb back down because I'm scared to drop onto the mat at all. I mean, I feel like that's um, pretty fair. I think that's pretty fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I have to play it safe these days. But you didn't break but your back. You didn't yeah. break your leg. It's crazy. I kind of feel like I should have, um, but I didn't. My pinky, to finish that explanation, it's stuck at a 90 degree angle. I'm looking at it right now. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it just basically doesn't move. Yeah. Um, We might, well... I've been talking to a hand doctor about it and he might try to operate on it. Well, he's going to try to operate on it, but he's not sure that he can fix it. So he says 50-50 chance on whether that's ever functional again. But it's in a position where I can hang on to handlebars for future bike riding and um, I can do pretty much anything that doesn't need a right pinky. So it's, I think it's actually really funny that I've had what's almost definitely going to be the most serious injury of my life and i hope so the visible outcome yeah oh my god it fucking better be (laughs) you better not do anything worse just like the visible outcome is a bent pinky it's kind of bullshit eh like you went through (laughs) this crazy traumatic thing Mm -hmm. and then like if i saw you walking down the road i'd be like oh there's alicia like you look perfectly fine yeah i have very normal interactions with people every day yeah with people who don't know about my injury and it seems fine but for the amount of shit you have gone through. I feel like <laughs> you should be like missing a leg, I know. And like have a robot arm, or oh, like yeah. I don't know, like that. Yeah, feels pretty accurate. Yeah, I was in a yoga class yesterday. Um, another thing I started doing recently to try to rehab. Um, and the teacher at the beginning asked if any of us were coming off of injuries. And <laughs> All of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she kind of specified like, oh, do you have any like sharp pain with movements? And I didn't say anything. I didn't speak up. Someone else talked to mentioned like coming off of whiplash and yeah. I was kind of just like, nope, like Yeah. I don't even know how to explain this one. And also what I could have said is like my pinky hurts. Like it seemed kind of ridiculous to say anything because yes, almost everything is harder than it used to be. But I don't have a good way of just summing it up. I, I'm not speaking for you here, but <laughs> I, I would say that like that can be a super frustrating thing in my experience because like mm-hmm. you look fine. Yeah. And people are like, why aren't you doing the thing or like I know. do that or do this or like, like why hasn't, why hasn't someone, why doesn't he call me back or like, like people, yeah. it's a thing that's like the head injury. Like we said, it's a funny thing. Like. I see you walking down the road. You're just fine, but you're not just Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. You got lots of stuff to do still, and you weren't Mm -hmm. just fine, you know, for the last six months. It's been... Yeah. It's been a gnarly thing. Yeah, it's an odd mixed bag. I have that frustration with coming back to work, too, because I have a lot of questions about just Mm -hmm. what, I mean, what it is I should do now. HR is listening right now. I'm sure they're listening to this right now, so let's not say anything too bad. At least you will come back to work on your guys' letter. Yeah. (laughs) Not earlier. I've been talking to them about it. Um, Sounds like I'll start part-time at some point, and they're trying to figure out what a, quote, light-duty version of my job is, just to test the waters a little bit. And I'm pretty excited for that. I mean, I do like my job, and I'm excited about doing some of it. I won't be testing mountain bikes for a while. 
Are um, you riding gravel bikes with me now? Is that you can't since oh, yeah. you can't crash? Oh yeah. Diehard gravel rider here. <laughs> Perfect. I knew it. Yes. All it took was a traumatic <laughs> brain injury. We got her though. We got her. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm uh I mean I ride bikes around town a little bit and I went to a pump track event once and turns out it was much harder than I expected, which was pretty demoralizing. Let's let's talk about that if you yeah, don't mind. Of course. Um because you got some stuff going on. I got some stuff Upstairs. going on. Upstairs. So how did it feel on the pump track? Yeah. So I went to this event. A friend of mine puts on a women's night at a local pump track. And I kind of went to it with the assumption that it would be easy and I could just show up and ride around and it'd be a nice, gentle way back into mountain biking. And it wasn't easy. It didn't feel gentle. I mean, there are there are some turns on the pump track, as you all probably know, there are some berms and you see them coming. It's pretty predictable. You know what you need to do. It, when I was riding it, it felt like they were coming at me so fast mm-hmm. and I know I was going incredibly slowly. Like I wasn't even carrying momentum around the pump track. I had to pedal, <laughs> even though I was pumping, I had to pedal yeah. at some parts of it yeah. just to like get around the track, which was pretty frustrating so you weren't hauling ass but it felt like you were yeah like my processing speed just isn't there isn't where it used to be and I don't notice that until I'm doing something where I mean if I don't process the corner coming at me then I ride off the track and it's pretty low consequence but it still makes me realize that I'm not where I want to be and that's pretty frustrating yeah before this I mean before before you got injured we were going to do a a podcast about our other sports Ooh, and yeah. let's talk about paragliding yeah, exactly right yes. well i was thinking about it and i was like i don't know if we can have alicia on because she does like nine other extreme sports <laughs> we don't have the time for this like my, my point being like you climb you skied mm-hmm. uh you did the paragliding thing mm-hmm. uh you did all sorts of crazy Those are the main ones really yeah but you also like i always call you a bit of a free bird Oh, good. Thank you. You, you're like always like, you know, out there, like you want to go see the thing and do the thing, whether that's in the desert or it's up here or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I like, like the full on experience and I like to kind of push myself to my limits and yeah, figure out exactly what I can do. Yeah. And turns out when I'm there, I keep pushing the limits and figuring out a little bit more that I can do. Yeah. But from, for a lot of people, like I'm I'm not, I don't want to make assumptions, but the people that you know, we, we talked about them earlier. They live uh, maybe a more sedentary lifestyle mm-hmm. and they're walking down the road and they something bad happens, God forbid. Mm-hmm. Um, I might argue that someone who is less active than you might have had an easier time with this. Yeah, I think um, it probably would have been equally hard for everyone up until about the point I'm in right now. And then now I'm starting to figure out even more where my limitations are. And now it's been getting really hard. I think it was actually easier for me up until now. And now it's really sinking in just how difficult almost everything is now. Do you, like you want to ride a bike? I want to ride a bike. I mean, mountain biking has given me so much. Yeah. It's not even just the sport, but it's the community around it. The people I know through it, the, I mean, working hard at something and seeing progression there's just so much there. Yeah. That's been incredibly rewarding. Rewarding. Turns out I can't say that word. <laughs> just blame it on the, blame it on the TBI. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you could just, that's pretty the rewarding. Thing you could just I have blame a great everything excuse for TBI. almost everything. <laughs> Especially with people I don't remember. Like, 
Yeah. How I, is that? We talked about that a bit. Can you explain yeah. how that is? Well, so I think my brain's trying to create a buffer period sort of around the time I got injured. So actually loosely a year before I got injured. There are a lot of people I just can't remember. Um, and in some ways it's good because now I don't have to remember everyone ever. But yeah, I just, if I met someone in the last year and had like one or two interactions with them, I'm just not going to remember them. Yeah. And I have interactions really, really regularly, like a couple times a week, probably with people who say hi to me and mm-hmm. I just can't place them at all, which is frustrating. Yeah. Pretty frustrating. Yeah. I just, I think I used to be a little bit encyclopedic about just things I'd experienced and now I know I don't have that. Yeah. I could speak from experience that like for me that kind of thing it like really affects your confidence like it's oh, yeah. like when you when you try to have conversation with people that you should be able to have conversations with mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're like what were we just talking about 30 seconds ago or who is yeah. this person oh for sure you know and for me that like that makes me not want to have those conversations yeah 100 oh man yeah there was a guy yesterday at the climbing gym who looked vaguely familiar the same type of vaguely familiar as people I've met and like become loosely friends with in the last year. Yeah. Um, You're pretty good at that though. Yeah. It was <laughs> just. Meeting people becoming like I mean, loose friends with them. <laughs> I know. But I was pretty sure he was the type of person who I should have said hi to. We didn't interact. He kind of like, we made eye contact a few times. There was nothing weird, but the whole time I was just a little bit paranoid. I was like, oh man, I like, I think I know this guy. Pretty sure we've like become buddies but i'm not gonna like i don't want to have to say hi and then explain like hello i might remember you because i had this brain injury and so i may or may not remember people in my life yeah you don't want to walk around with a sign around your neck like no fingers (laughs) definitely not yeah no definitely not um what is the so long term for you sure I imagine you want to start doing all the things. I know you. I know you want to start flying. And I oh, know yeah. you want to start riding. Yes, definitely. I'm not a doctor, but... <laughs> <laughs> so where are you at with those things? I'm getting moderately back into things. So with biking, um, kind of like I said, I ride bikes around town a little bit. Try to stay away from traffic just because... Also, I lost a lot of vision, so I don't trust my ability to see... What kind of vision did you lose? Mostly peripheral vision. Okay. Um, but also it seems like pattern recognition and just like... Yeah. They're just weird little things. I just don't notice everything as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, peripheral vision is kind of bad. Like whenever I drive now, I'm like really, really double and triple checking myself every time I do something like merge lanes. Yeah. Um, That's that confidence thing, though, too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know that you, you know that you're different. Yes. So in a way, like you're being responsible. You know you're different. Life's Mm -hmm. changed, and so you're you've changed too. You have to compensate and do different things. And yeah, I think I'm handling it in pretty okay ways most of the time. I just got to say, like, obviously, you still have a lot of stuff to do. Oh yeah. You know, and it's been it's been a super long journey and mm-hmm. it probably feels a lot longer than just six months like it's been yeah. crazy but and i don't even remember six months yeah um but for you it's just been a it's just been a fun month <laughs> <laughs> not really yeah <laughs> but it's been an okay month for for a lot of people like people that you worked with and friends mm-hmm. of yours like i mean i was getting 
messages it was like basically like alicia's gonna be a potato yes you know and like i'm glad i'm not there i everybody is super glad you're not a potato so yes for the people on the outside like we didn't know what was going on what was happening which is like pretty crazy too not as crazy as what you were going through of course but yeah it was wild that sounds like a lot yeah everybody on the website too like the comments Mm. like everybody was super interested in what was going on yeah interesting yeah crazy and they were very happy to see your injury update article as well too yeah I was really thankful for the reception of that just because yeah people were so kind and that's been a big thing that I think has shifted my perspective a little bit since this injury I think I generally like I like the people who are in my life already, but just the amount of caring that everyone has shown has been pretty mind blowing. Yeah, definitely. That is, uh, that can be eye opening. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so moving forward, what is life like? What is life for Alicia going to be like in next week, a month? What are you up to? Yeah, I think that was actually the question I was answering a little while ago when I forgot (laughs) you asked about my sports. So this is the TBI podcast. Get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out my memory is a little little messed up, but mostly okay. Um, but yeah, I so I'm gonna gradually get back into mountain biking. I'm curious to ride some easy trails. I still haven't ridden a bike on a trail yet. And I think it'll actually be easier than the pump track was, just because pump tracks really isolate your shortcomings and they're great because they allow you to work on the things that you're not good at, mm-hmm. but also if you are someone who's struggling with coordination and processing, that's you're really going to feel it on a pump track. Yeah. I don't feel like you should be testing that part of you right now. No. You should be out enjoying nature, like, I period. Think, yeah. I'm going to go on some pretty mellow trail rides, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's been a long time. Well, actually, I don't think I was ever in this phase of being a beginner mountain biker. Crazy, like, eh? I, I kind of skipped yeah. right to being at least sort of decent yeah. when I started. So now I'm in I'm in a phase that I just haven't experienced yet. So does that does being in this rebuilding phase, does that make you motivated because you, you like you're you are going to be, but you were also pretty damn good on a bicycle. Thank you. I like to hear that. And now you're at this place where things have changed. Yes. Is it motivating or demotivating? I'm not sure. I think it's maybe a little bit of both. I like thinking about where I could go in the sport. Um, just because I remember how rewarding it was to be able to ride big features and ride advanced trails. But it's also frustrating to know just how hard it's going to be to get there. And it's also kind of cool to be at a lower level now. Like I can be really excited about riding some mellow corners and Mm -hmm. and so I think my relationship with biking is just going to change a lot I think I mean I want to start like some silly bikepacking trips and there are just things that I haven't done yet that seem totally worthwhile that haven't been in the directions I've pushed in the sport so far but seem pretty fun I'm gonna try to explore more of that going forward heck yes and then other sports too um you mentioned skiing and paragliding Skiing, I would really love to get back into. I don't know how that's going to go because I've gone back under skiing twice now since coming back here. <laughs> don't tell the doctor. It's been really hard. Is it the white snow, like depth perception? Yes. I don't know about depth perception. I just, 
My low contrast vision seems totally gone, so I can't see white snow texture against white snow background at all. And when I've gone, they've been, both those days were overcast, and so it was also white sky. I could see some trees in this sea of white, but I was pretty much skiing entirely blind. Oh, Jesus. And that was, that felt a little ridiculous. You're not supposed to hit your head again. <laughs> yeah, I know, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Especially, I mean, there are a lot of reasons why I can't get injured again. Um, but yeah, I need to, I would really like to get back into skiing. I just need to figure out the vision piece. T- tell me about the flying. That's a much more positive thing right now, I feel like, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Heck so yeah. So that's surprisingly the thing that feels most normal. Um, I fly paragliders and that's been really... I mean, at a time when I've just needed something to feel normal and familiar, that's been it in a way that is so, so nice. I think because I'm farther from the ground. And so it's not like mountain biking where everything's coming at me fast. Like if I'm flying and the ground is coming at me fast, things have gone very wrong. But even like landing feels really intuitive and normal and like it feels great and taking off as well, which are the two times when you're near the ground. Yeah, that just feels so familiar and fantastic. So I'm going to keep doing that kind of alongside trying to get back into the other sports that I love. But flying is one that feels reasonable to pursue. Yeah. Is it a peaceful thing for you up there? It depends on the day and the moment and the conditions. Sometimes, yes. It's interesting because it's a sport. It's less active than most sports I do in that you're kind of just sitting there with your hands basically shoulder height and your hands get really cold and um you're really selling it (laughs) (laughs) yeah you basically just sit there um but you're also looking at things from above and having the bird's eye view of the landscape is pretty incredible it can be really peaceful it can also be stressful like trying to manage turbulence and trying to think through what the air is doing I think it's a really logical analytical sport because in your mind you're trying to map out what the air is doing mm-hmm. which is something you can't see but you can see signs of it like see what birds are doing and look at the clouds and look at the landscape and try to make predictions about what ground will be heating up and what ground will not be so i don't know it's kind of just i mean it's something that works your brain yeah which is good for me at this point and then also connects what you're feeling with I don't know what you're expecting to feel, I guess. Like you you make movements and you plan out where you're going based on what you think the air is doing and then your actions have pretty predictable or unpredictable, but like they have outcomes with what you're feeling and it's really cool to match up your feeling experience with kind of what you thought would happen. You said you weren't nervous for that first flight back. No, I felt really good actually. Yeah. Well, it depends on what you consider my first flight. So my friend Jason was visiting, and he's a tandem pilot. So my first flight, actually, I went with Jason. um, And I ended up flying us for a lot of it, but I was a tandem passenger. Either person can hold the brakes and control it. So we actually traded off based on whose hands were colder, mostly. (laughs) Um, But I flew us for a lot of it. And that was a good test of just whether or not I still could fly and whether it felt intuitive, and it did. So it was after that that I went and flew for the first time. And I was a little nervous, I think, right before takeoff. 
yeah, just because there were people watching. We um, one of the main launches here is at an overlook. It overlooks the ocean and some nature, and people drive up, get their feel of the outdoors, and also we launch there. And so there's often kind of an audience, and it just feels kind of silly sometimes to be there and be figuring out my abilities after this huge brain injury and then also have kind of tourists taking photos and yeah being like look at that lady she's flying it's a journey yeah yeah we all have different points of view so before we close this up alicia we got to talk about you coming back to pb Mm -hmm. a lot of people love your writing i love how much work you do oh thank you (laughs) you do a lot you do you do a lot for pb so we would all like to see you definitely come back what is your what does that look like to you in the future yeah I mean likewise I would love to come back I don't really know what it looks like I guess I can say for sure that I will be writing for you guys um in the future and like going back to my job at some point I just it'll change I won't be testing bikes for a while just because I'm not mountain biking and bike testers have to mountain bike yeah um and so I'm trying to figure out right now what I actually will be doing. But I like pink bike. I like bikes. I love mountain bikes. I yeah. I really miss having just something that I'm working on. And of course, there are things in my life right now that make me feel like I'm making progress. But it's a little different from having a job. And yeah, it's a little frustrating to just not. You're not a worker do that. bee. You're a worker bee. Like you try to be, you've always like, you've been working hard. Like we're at field tests. We come back and like mm-hmm. you crack open your computer and start doing all <laughs> these things. And meanwhile, I've got my feet up. I'm watching car videos or something. <laughs> so we need you, Alicia. <laughs> oh man. I need you guys too. I'm excited to come back. Yeah. I just can't make any promises yet about how that will look. Yeah. Well soon though, regardless of what capacity mm-hmm. you're at when you come back or, or anything else, like we'll definitely be stoked and yeah. Oh, good. I'm stoked too. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you, Alicia. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for being so open and stuff. Like, I know this is not something as well that like a lot of people don't want to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, their injuries and, and this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. especially you're, you're sort of a public person in a way, you know, oh, man. O- on pink bike. So <laughs> I think a lot of people are really excited and, and stoked just to hear from you. Yeah. I'm excited to put my story out there a little bit. And if people have questions, I'm really happy to talk about it and I mean, I'm pretty much an open book. I'm, I feel like I just hardly know what's going on. And so I'm figuring it out mm-hmm. almost at the same time as everyone else is. But I'll give you guys the answers I have. Amazing. Thanks, Alicia. Of course. <laughs> <laughs>